Is Melanie Phillips a construct of left-wing propaganda? Why is Facebook so desperate for me to like the Chengdu panda? Hello listeners, and if you're thinking Answer Me This sounds a little bit different today already, it's because we're recording in... A holiday in in Salford Keys. That's right. We're on the site of Media City UK, but it hasn't cost us five hundred million pounds to come up here. <laughs> <laughs> it's about seventy-seven quid on the train. <laughs> Do you know what I like about holiday inns? Uh, is that inn sounds very kind of cute, like a little Alpine lodge or something. Holiday sounds like holiday, and yet they're tower blocks for business people. Yeah, well, they're actually very in quality, Helen. If you go to the United States of America, where I believe they began, uh, you can see some of the older holiday inns. Actually, do they are genuinely places you might spend a holiday in. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but this holiday inn, although it is a great uh, business uh, resource... Probably and not, business resort. Indeed. Probably not a, a vacation destination, I dare say. Yes. Chris from March. Hello, Nolly. I have a couple of questions for you, um, both different ends of the spectrum. Uh, first question, what's the difference between a conflict and a war? Uh, anyone can have a conflict, but only nations can have wars. So unfair. <laughs> There's also the fact that... A conflict can escalate into a war, but a war can't escalate into a conflict. Or de-escalate into a conflict. Exactly. And second question, why is cottaging called cottaging? Is it because um, so some of the cottaging happens in things, public toilets, that do actually look a bit like cottages, don't they? Like that one in Soho Square. Yeah, correct. Because, uh, is, that, is that really yeah, the reason? Yeah, because uh, Victorian slang for public toilets was cottages because they built them to look like little cottages. Yeah, because they were so prudish, weren't they, that they couldn't yeah. bear that. I mean, not that you'd build it in the shape of an arsehole or something. <laughs> But I mean, <laughs> but why actually make it look like, you know, little Toad of Toad Hall? What's the point? It does sound quite quaint when I consider it to be quite an urban activity. Mm. It's not confined to toilets now because the act of cottaging, is, you know, it's spread out to other venues. Well, again, later. like war, technology has changed everything, hasn't it? <laughs> now the internet has sort of ruined cottaging for a lot of people. Grinder could, could have been called cottage or something. Yeah, cottager. Yeah. The thing that annoys me, uh, just as a sort of uh, a user of toilets for their primary purpose, is that I used to enjoy reading the gay graffiti when I was on the loo. Mm. And now is it all gone? Well, no, it's just, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, Martin, but in men's loos, there's just been a substantial deterioration in the quality. They used to be quite poetic. I presume that now all the poetic cock trawlers are on Grindr or Gator yeah. or whatever. And now it just says things like cock and a phone number. It's not that entertaining to read. It's really only George Michael keeping the whole industry going. <laughs> Whilst we've been talking about cottaging, Martin been inspired to go and have a shit <laughs> um, so uh, there you go that's subliminal power of words um, and uh, actually we have another question about toilets whilst Martin's going off to do his business in my room because he didn't want to do it in uh, Helen and his hotel room no our marriage is pure um, it's from Martin from Bristol it's about hotel toilets actually fancy that uh, he says uh, Helen answer me this why do hotel bathrooms wait for it Helen have locks the outrage what are they thinking <laughs> surely they have locks because people want locks simple as why would you not want a lock on a bathroom well Martin explains his crackpot theory uh, if you're in a single room there's no one to barge in and if you're in a double well unless you've got lucky good point uh, and if you're in a double and you notice your roommate is not there and the bathroom door is shut then odds on they're in there yeah but then you're relying on an honours system you cannot expect people to rely on an honour system. What if you're in there and you want the assurance that your roommate is not going to barge in on you, particularly yes. if they're a business colleague? Well, exactly, yeah. Well, actually, if we were sharing a twin room... Yeah. Um, 
obviously... I'd barricade the door. I'd move the chest of drawers in there. I would think that it could be reasonable over time we develop a system that if you were in the bathroom with the door unlocked, that meant yeah. you were brushing your teeth and I could come in and brush my yeah. teeth. Yeah. But if, if it's locked, it means you have a number two. Seems quite straightforward. Uh, anyway, nonetheless, Martin continues... Uh, cleaning staff this is his other suggestion cleaning staff always knock and are usually trained not to barge in again you're having to rely on a system that has been developed by somebody else and obeyed by people other than you some people like just the simplicity of controlling it with a lock themselves yes Uh, are some people so repressed that they fear that they may barge in on themselves and see something now you're just being silly Martin you spent too much time in hotels staring at the lock and letting yourself get worked up or are the hotel chains being blackmailed by the ironmonger industry so that if they don't buy a certain amount of locks every year then some horrible secret will be leaked bringing down everyone in the hospitality trade that's it yeah what a lunatic <laughs> i mean it seems just absolutely straightforward you what? just you why? just want to you want the security of knowing that no one's going to walk in it's just make it's making you feel comfortable why do they have locks on the hotel doors surely everyone knows you're not supposed to go in other people's rooms yeah i mean it's just uh, I, it's nice to have the option isn't it you know hotels they're meant to be somewhat of a of a fantasy existence where everything you want is supposed to be there, right? If you're in a nice place. And therefore, if you want a bathroom lock, you have the option of having one. Yes. It's like in the um, Salford Keys Holiday Inn, they have two different types of pillow. So you can choose firm or soft. Yeah, that's too much, I think, for a holiday inn. Well, you can ring down and get two other types of pillow. I mean, actually, I suppose it's working because word of mouth, here we are selling the holiday inn bedroom pillow menu. (laughs) But it's just not what you're expecting from a business destination, is it, I think? It's what you'd expect of a five-star posh hotel, isn't it? Oh, Martin's back. Good shit, Martin. Yeah. Now, the problem with our bathroom lock in this holiday inn is that um, Martin can't work it. Every time he goes into the bathroom lock, himself in, he spends about five minutes trying to chew his way out. No, that's not... I can work the lock. I just get really confused because the door opens outwards. And bathroom doesn't ever open outwards because that would leave you exposed, wouldn't it? So I, I, I opened. I've never thought about the reason being leaving you exposed. Yeah, imagine if the door swung open and there was a room right. full of people laughing and pointing at you. Yeah, like happens every time you get a virgin train and someone just presses, doesn't know how to use that ridiculous sliding door lock. That is everyone's nightmare, isn't it? That the door isn't locked even though it says it is. The on slow the reveal as well. Yes. <laughs> very, very slow Star Trek style reveal. And then a very slow close. <laughs> I've got the question. Then email your question to Here's a question from Steve in Leeds who says, My friends and I went to Paris in January on a school trip. Obviously we took lots of pictures of memories and things we'll probably never see again. Unless you go to Paris again. Earlier this month, says Steve, my best friend Sam and I were filming something with his camera and by accident I deleted all his photos of Paris. Mad. He is very upset. Natural more. But I haven't told him I deleted them. I feel really bad, but I don't have the guts to tell him and risk our friendship. So Ollie answer me this. Should I tell him and risk the friendship or blame the camera? No-brainer for me. Yeah. Blame the camera. (laughs) Yeah. The camera's not going to lose a friend. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, Helen. I have to challenge this whole notion of losing a friend. This will not ruin your friendship. Really? I'm still friends with people who went out with girls that I fancied, people who have 
dogs that attacked me. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm even still best friends with a guy who borrowed my car uninsured one day, <laughs> left my TomTom in the glove compartment with the doors unlocked, and it got nicked as a result. I just glossed over it. I bought another one. He didn't even pay for it. You have low standards for your friends, though. Well, maybe, but I think... Showing lot, desperation. I think a lot it's of people are like that. Management. I think also some fault lies uh, with your friend Sam, because he had, since January, to back up the photos. Yes. And he hasn't. What possible benefit is there in telling yeah. him now? It's too what late you, to get What do you want to get out of it? Yeah. You could go back to Paris and take a load of the pictures again and then Photoshop his face into them. Like uh, that episode of Friends where for some reason none of Monica and Chandler's wedding pictures came out so they had to do them all again. Like they crashed another wedding and took a load of pictures of Chandler with the bride that looked a bit like her. Is that a funny episode? No. Right. I mean, actually, the fun thing to do is is, is not actually to uh, try and pretend that they're real, but embrace the fakery. Mm. Then it's fun. Like, go to a model village and pose <laughs> in front of the Paris. Go to Paris in Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Treat him to that. You know what would be a lovely thing to do, Steve, without fessing up, is uh, just get a load of photos of uh, Paris and make him a special little album. To, you know, just as a consolation, I know it's not the same as having his own pictures, mm. but probably a lot of them will actually be technically better pictures. And also, all of the photos that I took on uh, school trips are bad photos. Most of them have got my fingertip in them. Well, this is it. I mean, when you're older, uh, the, what you sort of don't realise, I guess, at your age, Steve, if you're going on a school trip, assuming you're not a teacher... Is that you don't give a fuck about it in five years. <laughs> well, the, the thing you're getting out of the photos isn't the fact that you were standing in front of a Paris landmark. Yeah. The thing you're getting out of the photos is like, oh, look, that's Grant who fucks Sarah in the bike shed. <laughs> or, oh, look, that's Amy before she had two children and ruined her life. That's the thing that's funny about the photos, Not ruined it? her life, ruined her looks, look, that's what you mean. Oh, oh, look, that's Aaron. Everyone thought he was really hot, but look, he looks like any other the teenager he's really spotty and smelly that's the funny thing about looking at school photos so uh you can get that out of photos that you can take in class i would say that you don't need to go to paris for that so feel no guilt and feel no nostalgia that's what we're saying <laughs> have no feelings and then it's not a problem to lose things hello i'm wilson the ball from castaway and here is my song about my favourite balls. <clears throat> Football, rugby ball, volleyball ball, tennis ball, zoe ball, basketball, netball, handball, debutante ball, bowling ball, baseball, big sweaty ball. Answer Me This Sports Day, a marathon of fun and games, out now at answermethispodcast.com slash albums. Here's a question from Liu, who says, Some time ago, I was in a homewares shop with my wife. Amongst the other tat, I saw a personal vibrating massager with a nice picture on the box of a young lady using it to massage her shoulder and looking very happy. The product claimed to soothe away cares, ease tension, and impart a feeling of general well-being. I started sniggering, and then my wife came over and asked me what I was laughing at. Look, I said, a personal massager, inverted commas. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I still don't get it, says Lou's wife. You know, I said, it's really just a vibrator for women too coy to buy one under its real name. You bastard, my wife yelled at me. I was going to buy one for my mum, but I can't now. She could though, couldn't she? I don't know, Helen. I don't want to interact with this. I'm enjoying the way you're right. telling the story. <laughs> Ping! To turn the page. And then they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> I feel quite guilty now, says Liu, because my mother-in-law's cares and tensions won't be relieved. <laughs> Answer me this, Ollie. 
I was right, wasn't I? The primary use of these personal vibrating massage devices is in the knicker department, even if the lady on the box is using it on her neck or shoulder rather than on her box. Yes. I genuinely never considered this. I guess I am naive. Well, I suppose you're not the market, are you? You have a bad back and you don't have a vulva. Well, I, well as far as you know, I have a mini <laughs> massager right here. This is what it sounds like. It never occurred to me to stick this in my box. <laughs> it's actually very useful. I wouldn't stick that in my box. It looks like a kind of UFO with um, three little stumpy legs that glow green. Yeah, that's quite cool, isn't it? Uh, but it looks like it would do damage to you anatomically if you put it down there. That's it, walking across the table. It's got three prongs. What would we do with them? Let's put it this way. Imagination stretches as far to imagine what a lady might do with two of them at once, right? And they're not, like, completely the wrong size, are they? They're very small. Most of the nerve endings are concentrated in the entrance. Well, this is it. Maybe that's designed for a lady with a triangular vulva. <laughs> Maybe, Martin, and it's good that the market is uh, tackling all sorts of vagina shapes. Yeah. I think it's probably the case that the phrase personal massager, mm. which uh, Lou referred to, is used more regularly as a euphemism than, than my one, because uh, technically that's a mini-massager that I I've got. Oh, um, innocent. And if you type mini massager into Google Auto Prompt, it does come up with hand therapy, mm-hmm. not up your fanny. But I then typed personal massager yeah. into Amazon. And then all the results were vibrators or dongs, yeah. including one with like veins and a head and balls and everything. Yeah, I think actually that's less sinister than the ones that are shaped like a little cartoon bear or something like that. That's <laughs> yeah, awful. That's cool. But I didn't know you could buy those off Amazon. Yeah, well, this is an interesting thing about the inverted commas personal massager. Mm. We've talked about the vibrator before, you know, the giant steam-powered Victorian ones and whatever. Oh, we're all familiar with that old tale. But this is much more of a 20th century phenomenon, the personal massager. And I think it's because in a lot of places, you could not advertise the fact that you were selling vibrators, but the manufacturers and women knew that that was what they were buying. And the ones that were kind of blatant vibrator vibrators, you know, the phallic-shaped ones... They only sold those in pawn shops and women weren't really comfortable going in. And women's magazines wouldn't advertise those. So those were only advertised in magazines like Popular Mechanics. And, <laughs> and men would buy them for women. So they were like way too big. And apparently women just hated them because they were very much a masculine mm. idea of what women would want. So they had these more discreet adverts with the woman looking happy, sticking this thing on her neck. It seems like in the last 10 or 15 years, things have become a lot more uh, brazen. Well, I mean, when you consider that the real-life equivalent of Amazon, you know, if you could walk into Amazon, it would be Debenhams, basically, right? Yeah. Um, when you consider that, I couldn't believe how brazen some of these reviews mm. were. Someone wrote about a vibrator on Amazon. This is my first toy, and I find it very comfortable. Feels very real. Perfect girth and width. I absolutely love it. It is worth every penny. Yeah, my it- neck has never felt more relaxed. <laughs> I don't see why uh, Liu's wife should not buy one for her mother, though, because... It's really up to Every her mother. Every woman has needs. Yeah, it's up to her mother to decide where she wants to stick it. Well, actually, as well, it's not such a simple delineation, is it? Between, oh, this is a massager to use to relieve aches and tensions and pains on your neck and back, mm. and this is a sex toy. Because... Uh, erogenous zones are all over the body particularly on the female form is it possible that she might get a little buzz by putting it on her neck and you know it doesn't mean you have to put it in your knickers but there might be a sexualised element to just a normal massage toy might there not there are probably people that go and have those weird what are they called the head head claw at markets because people claim that that is a fraction of an orgasm the orgasmatron that's what it's called yeah I think it is called that yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose it takes all sorts yeah and you wouldn't want to put that in your knickers because it's very spiky hello 
I'm Emily. And I'm Charlotte. And I'm Anne. And together we are the, the Bronte, Bronte sisters. sisters. I know. Why did we both write questions to answer me this? Good idea. Let's see who gets published first. Okay, I've got one. I've got one. Helen and Ollie. It's me. Uh, it's Kathy. I've come home and I'm so co- o- 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 old. Won't you let me in your window? No! Good all right. My turn. Uh, Helen and Ollie. How did that mad woman get in my attic? <laughs> yes, yeah. very good. Right, why don't we go and spend two years working that into a manuscript? Good idea! What about me? No, oh, I shouldn't bother, Anne. No one will read yours. Well, here's a question of blood from Katie, who says, I recently started working at a vet's. Ollie, answer me this. What do vets do when animals need blood? Is there a blood bank for animals? There are animal donors, yeah, just like humans. Wow. Which I never knew because you never see them advertising a drive, do they? No. Do something amazing today. Are there blood groups as there are in humans? And moreover, can you only use, say, cat blood in a cat? Yeah. Um, Just as in humans, it's a case of finding a universal blood donor is the holy grail. Um, So dogs have a dozen blood type groups. Oh, dear. But there is a universal uh, dog type of blood. Uh, whereas cats, there is no universal donor, but apparently almost all domestic shorthair cats, which obviously is the most common cat, that's type A blood. So in all likelihood, the cat round the back of the shop is going to have the right kind of blood for your emergency blood transfusion. Here's another question of blood. It's from Joe from Newnham, uh, who's writing about his boyfriend, Callum from London. Ooh. And he says, my boyfriend recently went into hospital after feeling weak and throwing up. Oh dear. Uh, turns out he's anemic. Mm. Uh, so lots of veg and red meat for him. Problem is, he doesn't like red meat. But still, I'm determined to cook for him. Oh, bless you. Uh, so Helen, answer me this. What the hell can I cook for him with red meat that he'll like? I suppose it's effectively tricking him. But I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to drain my own blood and force it down his throat. <laughs> mix it up with his Ribena. Just... He doesn't have to eat red meat, although red meat is uh, is rich in iron. There are lots of other foods that he can eat instead, and I, I don't feel like you should force somebody to eat meat if they don't want it, um, because he could be eating pulses. Dark green things like um, broccoli and spinach and watercress are high in it, and nuts. Uh, also, clams and oysters. Oily fish as well. Oily fish is high in iron. Oily fish is like the secret to everything, isn't it? I seriously think one day they're going to uncover that oily fish is the only way to get into heaven. It's not the only way to cure halitosis, though. <laughs> Good point. it can't crack. Hello, Helen and Ollie. It's Helen and Johnny. And we're in Weather Springs in Melton Mowbray. We want to know what does the te- stereotypical Frenchman wear around his neck? Is it onions or is it garlic? It's onions, isn't it? Yeah, it is onions. In fact, uh, we discussed this in episode 85, the stereotypical character of Johnny Onion, because the French used to sell onions right. in the British imagination. But I think the fact that they have this reputation for enjoying garlic so much, which I highly approve of, uh, has sort of conflated. And now on eBay, you can buy both onion and garlic necklaces for your comedy French person costume. <laughs> is there a company that actually makes them? That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And yeah, if you went to France, they wouldn't understand at all. They literally wouldn't know what you were trying to, to say, do. Just to say, because ridiculous <laughs> I wonder if they have a similar thing for Brits like uh, you know a necklace of sausage rolls or something they probably just de- depict um, toothless stooped hairy peasants <laughs> eating curly fries Covered in their uh, actually if, if I'm sure we've got some listeners in France or even some French listeners in England if you're one of those let us know in France do they have an equivalent 
to the stereotypical Frenchman about English people that goes beyond because they call us roast beef, don't they? If that goes beyond that, is there actually an image of, as Helen says, like fat, toothless, bald, and in the shape of a roast beef? Necklace of potato waffles around our necks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I'd, I'd like to know. I'd like that necklace. <laughs> yeah, that'd be quite good. Here's a question from Steffi from Bristol who says, Helen, answer me this. Why do some married couples renew their vows? Uh, isn't one <laughs> wedding day enough? Yeah, it bloody is. What a admin nightmare. As he so speaks someone who's recently got married, but I guess mm. the issue is people have their second wedding sometimes decades after the first. Yeah, when you're a bit bored, you think, oh, tell you what, it was great when I had all that attention, wasn't it? I haven't had that for ages. Yeah, I think that's it. Mm. It's almost like when people have a second child, uh, like my Uncle Roy, oh. because they're bored in the relationship. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think that uh, tends to work, because having two children, especially if they're both close in age, is uh, a lot of strain on a relationship, even more than uh, having one doubled. No, no, but in the case of my Uncle Roy, oh. uh, he came along 14 years after my mum. Oh, I thought so you literally meant, her, um, not uh, him getting bored oh, in his relationship, okay. no. Her, her, yeah, it's my grandmother. Yeah. I, she's admitted as much. She was like, well, we, we had Karen and she got old and then we didn't know what to do, so we had another one. When she was 14, she was out all the time and we were a little bit lonely. Yeah, needed something cute to pat, basically. Oh, they could have got a pet. Yeah, well, they did. Oh, what kind? Uh, Apart from Roy. <laughs> they got a dog, Poodle. And uh, did they bring Poodle up in exactly the same way as Roy? They yeah. shared a crib. Yeah, but mitzvah, boarding school. <laughs> But, but you, you see my point. Yeah. People get to when they get they get bored and frustrated in their relationship. They think, when was I happy? Oh yes, when we did that thing. So we'll do that again. Okay. Well, I think also in some people's cases, um, it's because they when they got married, they didn't have the wedding they wanted either because they didn't have enough money or because there were family pressures. Yes, actually, that could like be that. quite nice. I could imagine. And they think. I'm going to have the party that I want. Yeah. Actually, I've never been to one like that, but I think if that happened to someone I knew and mm. they explained that to me, then I'd be well behind that. Well, we also haven't reached the age yet where we would get the uh, wave of vow renewals because we've had the wave of weddings for the last several years yeah, now. Yeah, waiting for the wave of divorces, a couple of years, I reckon. <laughs> How long are you giving me and Martin? <laughs> uh, well, I've got you down for seven, uh, but my girlfriend says ten. So yeah, that's generous. Opt- optimistic, yeah, yeah. No, actually, I don't. I don't have you down on the divorce list at all. Actually, mm, awesome. Yeah. What about the murder list? Um, <laughs> it's going to get very dark this yeah. conversation the oven exploded uh, in, in the case of celebrities <laughs> in the case of celebrities they often have vow renewals because they get magazine deals where they get paid loads of money for pictures of them in a wedding dress oh, now that I can see you doing Helen <laughs> imagine um, if Hello was suddenly interested in your wedding what would you do? I think it would be okay to be in Hello because none of my friends read it so no one would know my shame if they said though we'll pay for your honeymoon so long, we'll give you a second honeymoon so long as we come along and take some pictures on the first day because that's often how this works, isn't it? Would you do it? I don't want to go on a road trip around American national parks with Hello! magazine in tow. <laughs> I would certainly be surprised, though, if friends of mine did this, particularly within the next 20 years. I would think they were trying to get more wedding present out of it or something. Or they were being attention hogs and they've had theirs. Some of my friends haven't even had one wedding. Yeah, you say that, but you would go, wouldn't you? You wouldn't say in response, and I'm not coming because you're being an attention hog. I think it would depend how much I had enjoyed the wedding the first time round <laughs> and how good the food was. I'm an answer me this fan. I listen with my nan. She is not so keen. She finds it too obscene. I follow them on Twitter, though Ashton Kutcher's fitter. I want to take things further. Just one step short of murder I want to look like Ollie Man I want to smell like Ollie Man I want to be like Ollie Man I want to chase like Ollie Man I want to look like Ollie Man I want to talk like Ollie Man Here's a question from Izzy in Wales who says 
I'm currently in my final year at university training to be a maths teacher. Brave choice. Yeah, really. There are four of us on the course of 30 people who have returned to study, so naturally we tend to stick together, even though the age range is vast and the personality types are wildly different. That's a very uh, maths teacher approach to analysing social dynamics within a given <laughs> circumstance, isn't it? The mean average of our ages is... <laughs> if X, then Y. However, says Izzy... We've now been given some set questions as part of our dissertation, which has sent most of the class into a panicked frenzy. Three of the four of us returners have spent any time not spent in lectures in the library. But one of us returners has not touched the assignment. And so now, having realised that we're close to completion, it's decided to text me and the rest of the returners repeatedly over the past week, asking to compare answers. I.e. cheat. Oh, I foolishly replied, telling him I'd be happy to compare answers, but I hadn't completed everything. Again, a very mathematical answer, very precise. He replied happily. That's not mathematical, no, is it? No, it's not, happily. actually. Yeah, I want to know what percentage happy was he versus yeah. not happy. And seemed excited to compare techniques. Well, you've got to be suspicious. There's no excitement <laughs> there. I went to the library after lectures, says Izzy, and he asked, could he look at my workings out for a particular question to compare... Promptly, he took it from my file and photocopied it. And when I asked if he'd used the same technique, he shrugged and said, I don't know, I haven't done it yet. Whoa. <gasps> that is not something you would expect in further education, lies. particularly amongst people training to be teachers. Lies, lies, lies. I got rather peeved at this, to say the least. I don't doubt it. And when he's asked me since, I've told him I haven't got my answers with me. Good. This caused him to burst into tears Ooh. and have a cry about his wife, kids, home life and any other thing that pops into his head, which leaves me feeling confused, guilty and rather uncomfortable at having seen him cry. Oh. That is what he wants. This, well, yeah. But he this, sounds manipulative. This is getting very emotionally confused. It's no longer yeah. mathematically simple, is it, is it? It's no longer a simple formula. This is, this is hard emotion. Yeah, you went into the maths because it was reliable and now this happens. Yeah. <laughs> This display has not stopped him from texting me to ask me for answers or to look at my workings out, though. I've since learnt, says Izzy, that he has not done a tap of work on these, aside from blatantly copying my work and manipulating people to give him the answers. I must admit, the crying makes me feel bad, but his lack of effort just makes me feel he's a massive bum. So, Ollie, answer me this. How can I get this man to stop pestering me for answers, stop crying, and, if possible, get the question he's photocopied back? Okay, that's petty, that last bit. Yeah. Leave the, forget the question. He's just cried to you about his wife. He's probably having some sort of nervous breakdown. Don't now ask for that, that question back. I'm sorry to hear that she's gone to live with her mother, but uh, could you get that photocopy back to me? Thanks. <laughs> or just, or just yeah. The thing is, if he's got your working but not the answer, he'll probably do it wrong anyway. If he's done, not done the work, he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, you can't be the only one that's noticed this fault in his character. You know, if he has been going around asking other people for this, then probably his reputation will precede him and eventually it will catch up with him. Yeah. Just do your work. I can't believe I'm yeah. telling somebody who's training to be a teacher this. But just do your work. You'll do well. Don't worry about him. Here's how you get him to stop. Stop acquiescing to his demands. As you've started already, eventually he will give up. Grass him in. If it's assessed coursework, you shouldn't be copying it off other students. There's course cheaters should know about it. And if he needs extra support, they should give it to him. There speaks a university lecturer. No one asked for a proper answer, Martin. <laughs> Izzy, consider this a very valuable part of your teacher training. If a child came running to you saying, He's trying to be copied me! Yeah. Uh, what would you tell them to do? <laughs> Look inside yourself for the answer to this question, I say. So basically, let this one go. You will win. Uh, you know, get it off your chest by all means. I'm glad you've written to us. But, uh, you know, don't get hung up about it. It's about your life, yeah. not his. And he's unlikely to pass. And it does seem like he was doing the crying thing uh, deliberately. Also, me. 
if, if if he's that kind of vulnerable person, kids will realise they'll knock along to that. Him. Yeah, he'll leave the school within two years anyway, in floods of tears. As soon as children see him crying, that is end, isn't it's it? It's the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. End of days. And it's the end of the show. There we go. Yes. Uh, so please uh, send in your questions for next week via the normal means, uh, which are all listed on our website. AnswerMeThisPodcast.com Where you can also go to buy our first three years worth of episodes, most of which are quite good. (laughs) Ringing endorsement. (laughs) Uh, And also you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Ting. That's uh, I'm using Ting there as in the Jamaican Patois. It's not a social network yeah. called Ting. It's not Apple's Ping because they've shut that down now. Yeah, it wasn't really a big surprise that, was it? Yeah, it won't be a big surprise when we return next week either because that's what we do. And we'll see you then. <laughs> Bye! Bye.